There I am. Terrible when you don't know whether you're, you're, you've turned it on or not. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read it. You can be seated and then I'm going to turn to the book of Psalms because I have a lengthy reading there. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 26 and verse 27 from the King James translation. Thank you, praise team, for the wonderful spirit and atmosphere that you've helped create in this place. I believe God's about to say something to us that can be life-changing. In verse 26, Paul said, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Verse 27, Neither. Everybody say neither. Neither. Neither give place to the devil. You may be seated, those of you that are standing. Psalms 146. Uh, I'm going to read the entirety of the Psalm 21 verses. Read along with me if you have your Bibles. I did not give this to the sound men, so they may, they've got it. Oh, they're quick. They're good. Psalms 145. The psalmist said, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, every day, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. All thy works shall praise thee O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. The Lord upholdeth all that fall. I love that verse. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all who wait upon thee and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfieth the desire of every living thing. 
The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desires of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will be will he destroy. Verse 21, my mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever. And everybody said, amen, amen. I am here this morning, I feel like on a divine assignment, perhaps, uh, I, I didn't realize that when I got up this morning, but I certainly was thankful when the Spirit of the Lord began to move and uh, I felt the direction that God was leading us in this service. Uh, it let me know that God had ordered this day for all of us. I want to talk to you for a few moments of getting... What you make room for. Amen. It's raining. That's a great sign. Now it's going to rain in here. Amen. I believe that. Praise God. The 145th Psalm is called David's Psalm. And I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago when I preached from the 144th chapter. But the 145th chapter is called David's Psalm of Praise. All of the others that are mentioned are a Psalm of David. But this was designated as David's Song of Praise. It is the only Psalm that is such inscribed. It is a Psalm of pure worship. And it is fitting uh, to the end of the Davidic Psalms that David had written and had influenced Israel in his writings. And I believe that when you read it, it brings together all of David's other hymns into a climatic uh, conclusion. And for, from, from this point to the end of Psalms, it seemed just to be an appendix to what uh, he is discerning and he is divining to us in this particular chapter. It forms the end of the main body of the book of Psalms itself. And these remaining five Psalms are only an appropriate appendix of praise to what David has concluded here in the 145th chapter. It is also known as an acrostic psalm. Now, an acrostic psalm was a way of writing in Hebrew literature where they would take each letter of the Hebrew alphabet and they would begin a verse or begin a section of verses with that particular letter. The 119th psalm is the longest acrostic psalm 
And there are literally eight verses for every single letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And the, the writer, uh, you know, it, you, you've got to really be on your toes to come up with something to say using every letter of the alphabet. If you think about our own alphabet, uh, you, you realize that you've got to really have a depth of knowledge and understanding to be able to include all of that. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet and perhaps the reason that they wrote the psalm in this manner was to help in memorization. It would help them in their recitation of this particular psalm. And when you read it, it is evident that David is fully consumed with one thought and that is his God. He cannot speak enough of him. He speaks of his greatness He speaks of His goodness. He speaks of His glory. He speaks of His government. He speaks of His grace. All of those things are mentioned here. It is interesting also that I believe the word all, A-L-L, is used 14 times in this particular psalm. It is including so many facets of life. And he speaks of God and he uses a reference and calls the name of God at least ten times in his writing. And so he is trying to connect all of our life. All of our life. Everybody say all of life. The good, the bad, the ugly. All of life. He is connecting it to God. And he is impressing upon the heart and the mind of the, the, the listener that, that when you get the right perspective and when you get the right priority in your life, then all of your life is influenced and affected and directed and led by the power of the Almighty God. And all that God is, all of His greatness, all of His goodness, all of His mercy, all of His glory, all of His governance, all of that becomes mine. It becomes a part of my life. And it is such a powerful way of praising God. In in this alphabetical arrangement of the psalm, there are some scholars that believe that uh, it is a suggestion when, when they wrote a psalm in this way. It is a suggestion. Using the alphabet refers back to the language of the land and even back to Babel when uh, the languages of men were confused. And, and now through the power of praise and, and turning the eyes toward God that you have found in this atmosphere of praise, uh, the solution to all of the confusion and all of the turmoil in life. And there is an understanding and it reverses all of the division and all of the confusion that it has, that, that life has produced. When you get into the atmosphere of praise, there is something that is resolved and there is an order that comes to life. You know, it's amazing to me. And I told some of our ministers this the other day. It is amazing what happens when you can get people into the presence of God. Walls that were built up and issues that were irresolvable and conflicts that were going on between brother and sister. 
and, and family and all of that. When you get into the presence of God, it's amazing how those walls begin to fall and you find those people that have been at odds with one another. You see them with their arms wrapped around each other, praising God together. That's the healing power of praise. That is the purpose of God giving us the opportunity to enter into His presence with thanksgiving. Amen. It reverses what happened at Babel. When we get into the atmosphere of praise and we learn how to truly worship God, it will turn the table on the confusion in our life. And in this particular psalm, all of the letters of the alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet, are present except one. Except one. The letter none, N-U-N, it is missing. It is the 14th letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And for some strange reason, the psalmist did not include it in his writing of this particular chapter. Scholars have argued about the reason. Some believe that it was an oversight. And it was actually lost in translation. And so there are translations of the Bible that will add in a a portion between 13 and 14. It's what they consider to be the missing verse. But I feel like that perhaps the psalmist had a perspective and an understanding about life that you and I need to have. And if we ever get it, it will change and transform the way we live. For you see, the letter none, N-U-N, comes from a root that means snake. Its symbol was that of a snake. And you and I know in Scripture and from understanding of Scripture, what a snake refers to. And so while the psalmist is writing his word of praise to God, he makes sure that he makes no room for that enemy of his soul. And I'm here to tell some of you in this place today, you're going to get what you make room for. And the psalmist made up his mind that the devil is incompatible with praise. The devil cannot handle your praise either. As a matter of fact, it is your praise that can shut him down every time, every day, in every situation, under every circumstance. It is your praise and it is your worship that can silence the enemy of your soul and cause him to flee. Why? Because he and his presence is incompatible with the presence of the Almighty God. Somebody ought to praise him right now. Hallelujah. Amen. It seems to me That the psalmist understood that there are some things that just do not fit 
with praise. Amen. There are some things that do not fit in the atmosphere of praise. It is also believed that the letter Nun of the Hebrew alphabet is also a reference to the word fallen. Interesting, if that be the case, because in the very next verse, verse 14, it would have been between 13 and 14, in the very next verse, what he references there is that very thing. Let me read it to you again. He said, The Lord upholdeth the fallen. The Lord upholdeth those that fall. What God wants you and I to know is this. Whatever the devil might have to say about you and your situation doesn't really matter. It's what God has to say about your situation that matters. And you may be down right now, but you're not out. Because praise... It's an avenue that's going to help lift you and put you back on your feet. And worship is the avenue that will bring you back to that place of standing with God. You see, there is no room for the devil when praise is present. And there is no room for the devilment of the devil when praise is present. It's hard to be critical when you're praising. It's hard to be jealous when you're praising. It's hard to be judgmental when you're praising. It's hard to be angry when you're praising. It's hard. Oh yeah. I said it's hard to be hard. When you're praising. Because praise eliminates some things from your life that you need eliminated. And some of you need to get the hell out of your life right now. And you can get the hell out of your life right now by lifting up your voice, by lifting up your praise, by lifting up your heart, by lifting up your hands, by lifting up your eyes. You can get it out of your life. Come on, praise Him together with me right now. Neither give place to the devil. Why would Paul... Drop that in, in the midst of the exhortation he's making in Ephesians. Perhaps he knew the propensity of man. That we are affected by our eyes and we're affected by what we feel in our heart. And sometimes we allow them to get the best of us. And Paul said, hey, wait a minute. Let me just add this. Make sure that you never give a gateway into your life for the devil to have access. 
Oh yeah, I, I don't, oh, I wish I could preach what I... <sighs> Neither give place to the devil. It literally indicates that you leave the door cracked open. How many of you would go home tonight and leave your front door unlocked? Now I know you might do it by accident, but you don't do that on purpose. I double check all the locks. The top one and the bottom one. And I sometimes even put a chair in front of the door. I'm not schizophrenic or anything. I just want to make sure if somebody comes in the house, I'm not sleeping too sound that I can't get up. Amen. But the analogy that Paul is making is very similar to you going home tonight and leaving the front door of your house unlocked. And he said, when you do that, you give your enemy the opportunity to walk in and out of your life. And that's what happens when you nurture a grudge. That's what happens when you nurture bitterness. That's what happens when you nurture hurts. That's what happens when you nurture all of the bad stuff that's happened in your life and you keep it alive and you keep giving life to it. You know what I have discovered about life? That if you leave some stuff alone, it'll die. I wish some of you would hear that because you would make my job and Brother Landon's job a whole lot less troublesome because some stuff stays alive in the church just because you won't quit talking about it. You need to quit talking about it and it'll die. It doesn't need to have life. You need to let something else live in this place. And that's a spirit of praise and an atmosphere of worship and a spirit of God being the focus of everything that we do and everything that we are. Praise and worship will lock the door in your life so that he cannot get in. Amen. Thank you, David, for leaving the nun out. No pun intended. Amen. Nun. Nun. We, we spell it N-O-N-E. He spells it N-U-N. Not referencing any denomination or anything, but but leaving the nun out. Because you're going to have what you make room for. And David decided that he was only going to make room for God. Because when he looked around at all that God was and all that God had done and all that God had promised, why would you want anything else in your life? Why would you want to leave a door open for anything else to come in? He's all in all. He said every part of your life, every aspect of your life, every avenue of your life, every problem of your life, every conflict of your life, all things in your life are affected by your spirit of worship and that atmosphere of praise. And this is the reason. Because praise alters your focus. It turns your eyes away 
from what the enemy wants you to be focused on. And it gets your eyes focused on what you really need to be looking at. Amen. The center of your interest and your attention. Praise focuses on the right thing. It turns your eyes from the pettiness of people. To the presence and the power and the peace of the Almighty. Yeah. Praise turns your eyes away from the aggravations and the annoyances of life. And it lets you focus on the greatness and the goodness and the mercy and the provision of God. Oh, Lord, I wish I could help somebody right now. Your life is being worn out right now by some annoyances. You have let some stuff get in your spirit that's just grinding constantly. And you, it comes out in your attitude every day. You can't disguise it. You can't put enough powder on it to change its look. It comes through. Yeah, it shows up. But I'm telling you, if you can ever get your focus pointed in the right direction. Hey, can I tell you a secret? Can I tell you a secret? Are you ready for this? In this life, you are going to be offended. Yeah, in this life, you are going to be offended. You know how I know that? Because Jesus said, when offenses come, not if they come, not they might come, you may be lucky and not ever have to, but when they come. So that tells me that every person sitting in this place today is going to have to deal with offenses. Things that happen in your life that can irritate you. And you know what? I said this a long time ago. Hurt people hurt people. But I also want to tell you that irritated people irritate people. Get over it. It's enough. Okay, we got it. I understand. I'm not making light of it. I'm just saying there's a better life to live than to live with that eating at your gizzard every day. Grinding on your last nerve every time you get up. That's all you think about. Hey, get your eyes above all of that and get them focused on Him and you'll learn how to live with this thing called God's family. I don't want to mess up another message, but the Lord's been working on... The psalmist wrote one time, he said, Lord, help me to see the good of God's chosen. Oh, Lord, I didn't mean to go there. 
Help me to see the good of God's chosen. How is it that in a church we name all of the faults, but very seldom does the pastor ever hear of all of the praises and all of the good stuff. It's always the bad stuff that gets to our desk. Is that not right? Very seldom do I get a text on Monday morning that said, Oh, Brother Hughes, God was so good yesterday. He did miracles in my heart. But it's not unusual to get some kind of message. Brother Hughes, I need to talk to you. Well, maybe we didn't stay in the presence of God long enough. That's why sometimes we linger. We want to give you all the chance in the world because it's a healing when the presence of God moves in. He can wash, He can heal that hurt. He can take away that anger. He can dissolve that, that, that disagreement. You, you, you can all of a sudden see yourself and see others in a different light. Whew, I better not go where I'm thinking right now. Do you understand that the devil will try to get you hung up on all the wrong things? The injustices, the hurts, the disappointments, the losses, the unfairness. You cannot stay down and be a true worshiper. How do I know that? Because the Bible said the Lord lift those who have fallen. Amen. So he's not going to let you stay down. That's what's so wonderful about praise and worship. That's why we spend so much time in the preliminary moments of a church service trying to get everybody into that atmosphere because it doesn't matter the condition of your life. It doesn't matter what's happened to you during the week or what's happening to you in this particular moment. When you get into the presence of God, there is a lift that comes. There, there's a power that begins to uphold and Put us back. Life may have knocked you down to your knees this week. It, you may have gotten news this week that was just totally overwhelming and devastating. But when you get into the presence of God, when you get into that atmosphere of worship, when you really see Him and you recognize Him for who He is and what He's done, there's something powerful that happens and He begins to lift you up and you feel like, hey, I'm going to make it. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to defeat this. I'm better than this. I am better than what's happening in my life. When you learn to praise Him, you can get rid of the snakes in your life. If you want to get rid of the tormentor, If you want to get rid of the accuser of the brethren, and that's what he is. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's the one that slips up and whispers in your ear. Did you hear what they said about you? Did you see what they posted on Facebook? They were writing about you. Now, they weren't writing about you, but he's going to make you think they were writing about you. 
You know what I learned a long time ago? I'm not near as important as I think I am. And there are not near as many people thinking about me and talking about me as the devil would like to make me think or thinking about me and talking about me. It's liberating when you get into the atmosphere of praise. <laughs> I said it's liberating when you get into an atmosphere of true worship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it runs all of that chaos and confusion. Come on, stand with me. I'm through. If you want to get the tormentor out of your life, learn how to be a worshiper and start praising him. If you want to get rid of the accuser of the brethren, start praising him. Yeah. Amen. Just make sure you watch what you let in the front door of your life. Or even in the back door. Because whatever you make room for, that's what you're going to live with. Amen. And David said... I'm writing this acrostic because I want them to be able to memorize this. I want them to be able to repeat this. And he gets down to that nun, that snaky letter, that snaky spirit. He said, oh, no, I don't have time for you. There's no room for you in my life. There's no room for this in my praise. There's no room for criticism in my heart. There's no room for jealousy. There's no room for bitterness. There's no room for anger. There's no room for hatred. No, no. There's no room for any of that. I don't have room for that. I don't have time for that today. All I have room for is praise to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I will extol thee, oh my God. Oh yes, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee. Every day. Every day. And what would happen if every day you get up this week, every day you get up this week, you get up praising God. Amen. I remember Brother T.W. Barnes, before his feet ever hit the floor, he would utter a word of praise. He was a great prophet of, of days gone by, a powerful man of God. But before, he had a guitar over in the corner of his bedroom and he would get that guitar out and he would start singing the praises of God. And that's a great way to start a day. It doesn't leave room for all that other stuff. It doesn't make room for that. It, I just don't have room for it. You know what? Some of you need to go through the house today and decide... That you don't need that anymore. Amen. Well, Brother Hughes, I was hurt. No, and nobody's, nobody's apologized. Well, they never apologized to Jesus either. But he kept hanging on the cross and he went to the grave and he came out of the grave anyway. So you can, I, and I could enjoy victory. And if he can do it, then certainly he can empower us to do it. Amen. Amen. Come on, singers. 
I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. Ah, uh, yes. 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 He's the lifter of my head. He's my joy in the Holy Ghost. No other refuge that I know. Ah, uh, yes. Could you do it? Just give him a little bit more praise right now. Amen. Quit letting the devil have access. Write him out of the script. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There's a lifting of the heart. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There's a lifting of the heart. 